You are listening to the Rising Phoenix podcast. This is a podcast about maternal mental health. Disclaimer, we are not professionals. We are moms who've experienced this ourselves and want to share our stories and stop the stigma. Heads up, some content may be triggering. We are recording from the Stone Sheba podcast studio in Provo, Utah. Check them out on Instagram for more info on our podcast and more. Hey everybody, this is Leslie and Lindsay, and we are here with Kim. She is um, has reached out to us to share her sister's story, and we are so honored that she chose us to share that. So, thank you for having me. My name is Kim, and um, I have a sister that suffered from postpartum psychosis. She took her life two years ago on December sixth, so we're coming up on another anniversary of we call it her Heaven Day. Mm -hmm. Um, so the thing that was special to me about Mindy, I come from a family of 10 siblings and wonderful parents. And the thing that was special about Mindy is she was born four years after me on my birthday. So we were twins that shared the same birthday. Um, we adored each other. Mm -hmm. We completely adored each other. Um, she had six kids and a husband who loved her fiercely and I had four kids, and our kids were great friends. And um, Mindy was just someone that everyone wanted to be friends with. So um, Mindy had four boys and then two girls. And after her second girl, the first signs that we ever saw were actually, and we didn't notice it, um, she contacted all the siblings and told us that she had had like a revelation that there was going to be a natural disaster and that for her family, she was supposed to have some cash and be ready for something drastic to happen. But then after that, that was after her first baby when her baby was about six months old. And after that, she, we never knew, we never knew with her first girl that she had postpartum. It didn't show any signs with her boys either. But then she had a second girl, and when she got pregnant with that second girl, her last baby named Lily, she called um, my sister and said, I'm really terrified that this is going to happen to me again. So she really had only shared with one sibling that, that she may have had this psychosis that was, and she was really terrified because her last baby was not planned. And we never put pieces together until um the first time we ever recognized that she was suffering was uh we we actually had i'm sorry we started to notice a little bit uh she she just seemed to be like sometimes she wasn't clearly present and she would kind of be off in her own mind and stuff like that but everything kind of clicked one night when my sister that she discussed the postpartum psychosis with called and told us that that had happened and we all of a sudden put a bunch of pieces together and we realized that my sister was really suffering from something and that she might not be safe 
And what happened that night, my dad tried to call her husband and they were pretty close and um, wasn't able to talk to him alone. But we were just going to kind of let him know what we had seen and maybe ask questions of if if he thought she was okay or what was happening. And that night she got dressed in the middle of the night and her husband asked what she was doing and she made some excuse up. And when he fell asleep and when when he woke up there was a note that said I'm on a new path I hope you can take care of the household and I took Alyssa with me so I got a call in the middle of the night that my sister was gone and that she she didn't take her baby baby so when all of this happened her baby was four months old but she didn't take her baby with her she took her three-year-old daughter with her and we just had no idea what this new path was. We had no idea what was happening. Um, and and that happened on the same night that you were putting together. We the- were putting pieces together, and the next morning she was gone. Oh, my goodness. And so I don't think she'll mind if I share this. Um, she drove to Bountiful with her daughter, and she went to the temple, and she literally thought that she was going to be taken up with her daughter she she that was that was where the psychosis was her mm-hmm. her postpartum was not her laying in bed crying and sobbing her postpartum was a psychosis where she literally was getting revelations and having things being told to her by voices mm-hmm. so the interesting thing about that situation is we were able to ping her and find her and she answered her phone when her husband called and she came home and my mom was there when she got there and my mom said she was an empty shell like there was no part of Mindy in there and I mean I think clearly she was embarrassed um but she she just said I just took Alyssa to spend some extra time with her so she had a lot of stories that she was telling um a little while after that, she was admitted to the hospital. And I honestly don't remember why, but we, things were just, she wasn't settled and she probably wasn't safe. And so she was admitted to the hospital. She was there for five days and medications really, really affected her. And so I think she, she, she got out. And when she got out, the plan was not to stay on the meds because they were, she told us that the meds made it worse than Mm. not being on the meds. But, um, you know, the song, it's called The Fight Song by Rachel Patton. Is that Mm -hmm. it? I remember her calling me when she got out of the hospital and she said, Kim, I, I got out of the hospital because of that that song and that was like our song like we love that song and she it's like she willed herself to be well enough to get out and the doctors believed that she was okay and when she got out she got on just some supplements instead of the meds and it felt like the supplements were working my mom spent a few days with her and they were planting flowers and doing her garden and this was in May of 18 months before she died. I don't know when that is. 2016. 
Yes, May of 2016. And she was in there for Mother's Day. And we remember, I mean, it was just, it was so hard for her to be away from her babies. It was just, it was so hard for her to be away from her babies. And she wanted to be back home and her husband wanted her home. And they didn't completely agree with what the doctors were diagnosing. But I remember her just being happy when she got out. And my mom said, she's a different person she was taking some supplements that were really, really working, and we just, we had so much hope. Um, so then she started going. She, her decisions were based on what God was telling her to do, and so she went off the supplements and said, you know, God was telling her to go off and didn't really have anything to replace it with. I don't know that the supplements would have completely cured her anyway, but um, what we noticed after that was she um what we noticed after that is she well she had a couple of the revelations one of them was that she could not go to the celestial kingdom unless she was she and her family were eating plant-based so mindy had never ever had any eating disabilities or eating disorders but she started to decide that um, if she ate, if she didn't eat plant-based, she wasn't going to be saved. And so it's this is so hard for me to talk about because I, I adored her when she was healthy. And when she wasn't healthy, it was, it was so hard for all of us. It was so hard for her. It was so hard for her husband. Her husband fiercely loved her and wanted her to get better so badly but you have like you have to know that it's not your sister when you're saying right yeah no I truly believe it it wasn't her and so one 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 weekend her husband went hunting and she threw out all the food in the house and filled the all the protein she's she filled the fridge with like three to four hundred dollars worth of produce and came home and then we started to see her lose weight so she was never overweight. She was always kind of an ideal weight. She had a super kind of petite body, but we just started to see her lose weight. And my my brother came home from his mission about that time and saw her and just, she looks really, really bad. Like my brother compared it to meth addicts on his mission. And so we try, I mean, we would try to talk like, I, I saw everything she ate, and it seemed like she was eating a lot. It was all plant-based, but then she went into excessive exercise, like a lot of excessive exercise. So um, hours, actually hours. And um, she would pray and read her scriptures a lot. She did love the temple. She found peace there, but that almost got excessive too. So... Um, and she she never really connected to that baby her her last baby she didn't really connect to um her dad connected to her which was a blessing once Mindy passed because I think that Lily baby is what got him up in the morning every day so she so she was admitted 18 months before she died and then a second time six weeks before she died 
and um what was she admitted for that she last time? it was really kind of the eating disorder she was insisting that her family eat that way it it ended in kind of an episode with the family of her kind of threatening to take her life in front of the kids like it mm. was really so the second time she was I, I don't think the younger kids saw it, but I do know the older kids saw it. And this, um, the second time she went to a different hospital, she was there for nine days. And while she was there, she did start to eat meat. She gained 10 pounds. And my mom would talk to her on the phone. Every time she went into the hospital, my mom took her babies and her two youngest girls. And I may, maybe even the third youngest. Um, and so she was there for nine days and I remember being at my mom's while she was on the phone and she was just crying because she wanted her babies. She just wanted her babies. And um, so she got out and I remember having a phone call. So I have to back up because I personally was going through a really tragic time at at the same time as her and... So she died December 6th on September 29th, two and a half months before that. My husband and I separated. Uh, We'd been married 20 years and he wasn't making choices I could live with anymore. So he moved out with his mom and I never talked to Mindy about that. Um, I remember, so he moved out the 29th of September and her and I went fall break with our kids. We always went to the Red Barn in Santa Quentin. And we were there, and the deal with my family is anytime we were with her, we always checked in with each other. Like, what did her eyes look like? Was she present? Was she connected to her kids? Like, we were all very concerned about her health, her mental health. And so I remember being with her, and she told me, you know, I just, I just want to travel the world. And she, she, she tried to be connected with her kids, but it seemed like she wasn't it almost just seemed like she was always lost and like she was searching for the next thing that would make her happy um her husband was incredibly financial supportive to her and he he wanted her to be happy at home with the kids which was a blessing um so I remember going there and it got really windy and so this was like my last outing with her and her kids it got really windy we went back to her house and um, I I kind of always had to have my eye on the 10 kids because she wasn't present. And I remember going into her kitchen and saying, I need to leave now. And she said, but Kim, we didn't, we haven't had a chance to talk. And I said, Mindy, there's like, we have 10 kids. Mindy didn't worry about the small things. She didn't worry she worried about relationships and so she was having lasagna for dinner and my kids are picky eaters and I'm like you know I my kid you know I I've just got to go like so I left and I remember just seeing her disappointed that she wasn't able to connect with me and but I also I also felt like she was oblivious to some things but it was okay um 
I want to back up. I remember one time between her two hospitalizations, I went to her house to help her. And her husband knew that that we were watching her and we communicated between us like, you know, any anything we saw that we all needed to be aware of. And um, she was standing in her kitchen and she was trying to pretend that everything was okay. And I remember her turning around to me and just breaking down. And I held her frail little little 80-pound body on my lap on the couch. And what she told me is she didn't think that God was pleased with her and she did not think she was doing enough or she didn't think she was doing it right or or I mean it's the whole comparison thing that we all get to you know she wasn't pleasing God she wasn't doing it right she wasn't enough um and I just remember holding her there and just I mean I had the same thoughts about myself that I just was thinking You're, I told her, I said, you're doing wonderful. She was an amazing mother. She really was an amazing mother. I always adored her. Um, and so after a while, we were done crying. I tried to be vulnerable in that situation. It was, it was hard to be vulnerable with her. Um, because she wanted, she just wanted us to think she was happy. And sometimes she came off so happy that she drove us nuts. <laughs> Did she have moments where she was, for the lack of a better word, like lucid and knew that she was in psychosis? Like, was she aware of that? I definitely think she was. So I'm going to finish the story and go back to that okay. because okay. there was a moment, another moment where she kind of disappeared for a few hours. So um, we just talked and I said, well, how can I help you today? And she said, let's, let's do some laundry. So we tackled her laundry and I remember her husband seeing me without her and just saying, thank you. Thank you for being here for her. Um, I don't remember if this, this was the same time, but there was one time when her and my, me and her husband were in the kitchen alone. And I said, she, Mindy wanted to run races like 10 Ks and I said, Shane, like, she's going to collapse. Like, she was she was anorexic. And he said, no, no, she's really, really strong. So I think more than anything health-wise, besides, you know, her mental state, we kind of worried that she might die from a heart attack of her anorexia. And it was never a problem before. This was something that hit in the last year of her life. But um, there was a time... When you talk about, did you say lucid? Yeah. You know what I mean by that? So there was a time, I I don't remember this. I think this is what led to her first hospitalization. Maybe. Um, She had planned for a long time to have my mom take their kids overnight. And so they her and her husband were just going to stay home. She had a horse. They had four-wheelers. They were going to do like an overnight date at home and just get out and have fun without the kids. And um, her husband, Shane, called my mom and said, did Mindy drop the kids off? And my mom said, yeah, she dropped them off two hours ago or three. And he said, well, she's not home. So um, 
they're worried because they don't know where she is. And my mom said, when she dropped the kids off, I looked at her and she was connected. She was connected to the kids. And so we weren't worried about her that night. And she was going to go have time with her husband. But she, they tried to ping her phone. They couldn't get a hold of her for a while. And then she finally did answer. No, she called my mom and she said to my mom, I have to come talk to you about meat. Like she was, she was so worried that meat was going to kill us all. And so my mom though thought she was with a friend because she heard, she heard her like talking to someone else. It, so Shane said, Mindy, you can go to our house or your mom's, but I have to send the cops out because we're worried about you. So she came back to my mom's and my mom and Shane were talking to her and she still was on this this fascination with and Shane's like we're not talking about that like we're worried about you you disappeared and I remember my mom told Mindy Shane's gonna have to get a nanny and Mindy said why like who would take care of the kid or what would I do then and my mom's like she the nanny would have to watch you too so I know there were times when she I think that she knew how strange it all was more than we thought she knew how strange it all was. Like, I think she had moments of in and out. I think she had moments where she felt a bit normal. Um, so she got out her last time from the hospital at the end of October. Um, I talked to her on the phone and I had just... I had just told my mom after keeping it a secret. I'll tell you this. I don't like secrets anymore. I do not like secrets. Uh, they keep us on isolation. They shame us. It's, I'm learning that, I mean, we all need to learn to talk. And what we all want is people to talk to and people to understand. So um, I had just told my mom about the issues in my marriage because my husband was now out of the house and I couldn't keep it a secret anymore. My mom lived two miles from me. So, um, and I also told my mom I've been on depression meds. And so when Mindy was in the hospital the second time, they did get her on some good meds. She came home and she was like a different person and her husband would point that out like Mindy look at you you're like you're like a new woman you know these meds and and she called me after she got out of the hospital and I I mean I I have some regrets of not sharing some of my things with her earlier but she said mom told me that you take depression meds and I said yes I do and I said the way I get through life right now is with God, depression meds, and therapy. And Mindy never really went to therapy. She had a couple appointments here and there. I don't think they believed it could help. Um, and I think she promised me then that she would go to therapy. But so five weeks later, we saw Mindy... My grandma had an assisted living, a party at her assisted living facility, rock and party, right? I bet. So Mindy was there with her six kids. 
I was there with my four. They were playing with each other. There were other family members we'd never, ever seen for a long time. And um, Mindy loved good food. And I just remember her talking about the hot chocolate and getting a glass for my other sisters saying, you have to try this. And Mindy came up to me that night and she said, I am going to go to school to be a nurse. And I, I mean, I really thought that was great. I kind of did question her with a few things. I said, well, what about your baby? And she said, I'm just going to go slow. And I have a neighbor that has an in-home daycare that can watch my baby. And I said, well, what does Shane think? And, you know, I was just, I was talking to her about this. And on my way home, I thought, okay, maybe that would be really good if she could have a different focus. Maybe she could learn a bit about nutrition and feeding your body you know, as much as it needs. And, and, um, so the next morning I was in the temple and I came out and I had a text from my mom that said, Mindy's gone again. And Mindy always went to the temple on Wednesday morning. She always came home at eight 30 before her kids went to school. So on this day, she didn't come home. I was hoping she just jumped in her car and went on a road trip somewhere. Um, her husband did tell her the first time after she, after she left the first time that she could go whenever she wanted, but she could not take the kids. So it was just her and we worried all day. They checked the bank account. They couldn't find anything. And at five o'clock, my brother-in-law posted that she was missing and what her vehicle looked like. Um, my parents, my dad is a lovely father who took such great care of us. And he, um, knowing that my husband wasn't in the home at the time, wanted to come help me with my Christmas lights. My mom called and said, we're going to come. And my kids were kind of being crazy and I said, you know, I don't, I don't know if you want to come. And she said, yeah, we do. I said, but Mindy's missing. And she's like, but let's just, let's just keep busy. So they came over and we started reading through the Facebook messages and Facebook's a force to be reckoned with because you can publicize good things and you can publicize hard things. So they said they had located her vehicle not far from her home. And um, then my mom got a call from Shane's mom. And I followed her into my little girl's room where she got the news that my sister was deceased. She was crying loud and screaming, and I was too. And my dad came in. And when news like this hits you, there's really no logic to anything. So as soon as I could breathe again, I ran across the street, and my neighbor, who's a dear friend, was... 
in her car and I just talked on the window and I said, my sister's gone and I need you to take my kids. And so my kids went there. I texted my mother-in-law and my husband and I said, this has happened. And I remember trying to pack that night, which is not a big deal, but when you're in trauma, your brain doesn't even work. So I got to my parents as fast as I could with them. And for the next four days, I just held them. We held each other as we sobbed. I have a sister that is still at home that was 18 and we slept together because my sister, my sister couldn't even handle the suicides that were happening at her high school and now it was her own sister. We never thought Mindy would do this because we thought she loved her kids too much. But I do want to share with you a couple of things. She left a letter in her car. And it's a sacred document to us now. So I will only share a couple of lines that really told us what she'd been through. She told us that part of her brain had died. And that there was no bringing it back until the resurrection. And she also told us that there was no medication on the planet that could help. She wrote things to each of her kids. She told her husband to find a wife with a well-functioning brain. And she also said she was sorry for all the trouble she had caused. I remember going to her house the next morning and seeing her husband. There's really just no description of the pain we were all in. He wanted to blame himself for the way it happened, but his mom said, you know, Shane, if it wasn't that, it would have been another way, another day. I think some of the questions we have is how long had she thought about this? Um, on the outside of her letter, she had written a couple of things. Like she told us there were pictures at JCPenney that we needed to go get. I guess with all of this, we, what I'm learning is that with people that suffer like this, um, is that we just need to ask questions and we need to listen. Um, I remember one of her dearest friends coming up to me at the funeral and she said, Kim, I didn't know how to be her friend. And we kind of were in the same situation. We didn't really know how to be her sister. 
I guess before she died, she had gone around to several of her friends and talked to them about all their talents they had and kind of didn't really believe she had any. She also had called my sister and said, you and Kim have these businesses, these successful businesses. (laughs) Mine wasn't successful at the time, but I guess she thought it was. (laughs) And her brothers are doctors and lawyers and engineers and chemists but she just she really didn't see her worth um I don't think she realized what this would do to her kids and to everyone and every every time we hear of another suicide, which is just way too often. My mom and I just say suicide's not the answer. It's just not. I, I truly believe that there are things that could have helped her. I truly believe that if we all could open up about the hard things in our life, that we we could become stronger together. Um. I just am looking at a couple of notes, but uh, my mom went to, I have a really amazing therapist that I've had through my, I have three adopted kids and a bio daughter. And um, my mom went to the therapist and they were doing a session. I don't know if it was EMDR or what it was, but my mom did fill Mindy say to her I couldn't heal while I was there Hmm. um her husband remarried eight months later to a really amazing person that I think could have been Mindy's best friend and my mom was standing in the kitchen before that happened and she felt Mindy again and she just asked her do you need something she felt like Mindy needed something and Mindy just said tell Shane that I approve um I don't want to speak for Shane but I will just say I've seen him go through all the emotions of being mad and angry and sad like so so sad He told me once, he said, I would have done anything. I would have done anything. Um, and then he said, I just, I just would have watched her closer, but I would have done anything for her. Um, so he ended up marrying a widow that lost her husband to a car accident. And they now have 10 kids together, ages three to 15. It's been hard for everyone. Um, I feel like the one that we saw struggle the most was her little girl that was four when she died. Um, She just looked lost. How old was her youngest when she died? Her youngest turned two, two weeks after she died. So Mindy had Christmas all done on December 6th. She had her little girl's present bought. And 
um, it, she just, she saw an opportunity and it's like she was waiting and watching for one. So, um, I don't know. Do you have questions? I have a couple more things to say, but. Honestly, just basically what you were going into. I mean, how's everybody now? Like, yeah. Just keep going. Um, her little girl, I don't think will remember her. She's little Lily is just so happy and has been from the beginning. She was, I guess, the perfect baby for a disconnected mom. I don't, I don't feel like she was harmed from that disconnection. She just was always happy. Of course, she had like five older siblings. Um, I feel like her older boys, I mean, so much changed in just a short amount of time. They lost their mom. They did move from Spanish Fork to Elkridge to a bigger house, um, for the bigger family. We still, uh, we still see Shane and he very much wants us to be a part of their life. After it all happened, uh, he, he works as a home health care nurse so he got a 4-10 schedule, and my mom took a day with the kids, and his mom took a day with the kids, and he hired his sister to be a nanny who was nannying for someone else. So they were able, they were with family. Um, I feel like one of the hardest things in losing somebody is we would go to her house and just expect her to be cooking in the kitchen, asking us to try some new healthy recipes she made or carrot juice or something. And just not having them there anymore is in such a hole everywhere, everywhere. It's just, it's just a hole. Um, I like to spend time with her kids around my birthday because it's, what I have left so this past year the week of my birthday her husband and his new wife took the older kids on a trip to Montana and we had the younger ones and when I say we it's like my mom and I just kind of shifting kids with whoever wants to be with whoever and um it's incredibly hard to be with her kids because your heart just starts to break again in 12 billion pieces. I've heard a couple of people say that people can do more on the other side of the veil than they can on this side. And I think I truly have to believe that for her kids. I don't, I don't know how you lose your mom at four. Um, I do have to put a plug in for life insurance if I can. Mindy had life insurance. And a lot of people don't know that suicide can be covered under life insurance. There's usually like a two-year clause. But I saw her husband's face the next morning. My, hu my dad wrote the policy. He sells insurance. And I saw his face the next morning when I said, Shane, the insurance was good. And he said, no, it wasn't. And I said, no, it was. So the one thing that he didn't have to worry about, even if it could have been a worry to him, was the finances. But I remember him saying, I mean, there were so, I feel like what 
I've seen through this is the generosity of others. There were so many kind, kind people. Um, I remember reading through messages on Facebook and there was a girl that had met her in the hospital that had commented and talked about what an impact she had on her life. But um, Shane, who's ever always been a frugal man, told us that it felt like people were giving him toilet paper. Like the money just was like so unimportant compared to the life of his wife. Not that he didn't appreciate it, but just his perspective totally changed. I also, I'll also add this. Um, a few days after she died, her husband went to church and he had the thought in his head like it could have been worse and he was so mad about that thought but I sometimes wonder if Mindy thought that it might get bad enough that she might hurt someone I don't know I don't know um I wish Mindy could be here with us and tell us what it was really like to live inside her mind I guess the relief that the letter brought to us that she left was that she really did fight to the end. I don't know if I believe that because I still don't. I don't believe suicide is God's will. I don't know what life would have been like if she didn't choose this. She, I will say she was going downhill very fast. Um, that dear friend of hers that said, you know, I wasn't sure how to be her friend anymore, told us that she saw Mindy running a few days before she died, like kind of down the middle of a very busy street. And she tried to get her attention. And so, but the way I look at mental illness really is, it's like a cancer. Like when someone dies of cancer, like Mindy died of mental illness, literally. And I would just say, um, I, I think it was my mom that said, um, today's not forever and things will get better. And I think if we're open and we communicate that there's solution and answers all around us. Mm -hmm. Not that Mindy didn't do the best she had with what she knew. What I want to ask you is, from your perspective now, knowing everything that you know, what would you tell a sibling or a friend or a parent or a child of someone that they're watching suffer the way that you saw your sister suffer? What would you tell them? How could they support this or perhaps someone that just lost someone to this? Well, so um, one of the things that I would tell them is talk about it talk about it I I actually am in homes a lot with people I have a pet nutrition business so I go meet pets and people and even though this business is about pets I have been in homes where we have shared some very sacred things um, and I went to make a call the other day to 
a friend of mine I hadn't seen in a while. And we ended up catching up. She told me she just had a third child. And I told her about my messy life. And she, and then I said, I'm sorry. I feel like I've told you too much. And she said, no, I'm actually sitting in my OB's parking lot going in to get some medication for my depression. Wow. So that's what I would say is open up and talk about it in secrets. You do, I mean, of course you have to be careful with who you talk with, but if you have trusted people in your life, like in my marriage, the things I was dealing with, I had trusted people. I would sob because I wanted to tell my mom and didn't feel like it was even kind of my story to tell. Or, I mean, some people don't tell because they don't want that burden for someone else. That was me too. And so what I would say is if you have people you trust in your life, trust enough to open up to them because they are going to love you through it. We, we loved Mindy through this. It was so hard to watch her. It was so hard to watch her husband and her family. It was so hard to watch her kids, but we loved her fiercely. And that she knows. Is there anything else that you want to share? So, um, I think if Mindy could talk to us from the other side, she did. She also said in her letter that she believed she was going to be with Jesus. I think if she could talk to us right now. My friend shared this quote in a podcast that she was very brave to be in, but there's a lady named Angela Bell that had this affirmation that says, my worth is set and everything is an experience. And I think if we could all believe that our worth is set, that maybe we could find some peace and comfort in that. I love that. I do too. Well, and I've never heard that before. Yeah, I've never heard that either. It's really cool. Um, I just want to thank you for that. I think this is a part of the maternal mental health world that people don't talk about at all. Um, It's a depth that most people are afraid to go to. Um, I'm sure that this brings a lot of things back up for you. So I really appreciate your vulnerability and just being so open and honest about the details of it because those details are so important those details that you shared of the things that she experienced with the meat and the revelations right those like are nothing details. making sense i mean some of the things were like where yeah. did you get that well and those like, are the why secrets that, yeah that right. people don't say i know because it's so weird that i mean you know like the things that they start to think and the way that it is um I do want to say something about um, my own healing through this and, and other things I've been through. I literally took the year after she died and complete self-care. I was there for my kids because my kids were in school full time. But while they weren't, I attended a therapeutic yoga class that was two and a half hours every Wednesday. 
I went to my therapist every Monday. I went to a support group every Thursday. And um, on Tuesday, I went to a business group and that kept me completely connected because I needed that. I needed connection to normal people. Not normal. What is that? <laughs> but I, I needed I needed connection in, you know, in that. Um, and then I was in another a therapy group. So I, I think I figured out one time I was like 15 hours a week in self-care. And, the, and there was a point when I got burned out and I kind of dropped some things. But I started getting a massage every month. I started just taking care of me. Good for and you. I had to do that. So um, just recently, I've I've felt less stuck. I felt left less depressed. I mean, there were there were many days when you know in the afternoon I took a two hour nap because I just couldn't face anything. And um, during that year after she died, my husband was no way present emotionally for me. And so I found I found my tribe. I found the people that I could connect with. And I I have so many tribes now. It's so many people that I feel like I can be real and raw and honest with. And that comes in adoptive moms that have gone through what I've been through. It comes through wives that have been through what I've been through. It comes through um it comes through so it comes through my business. It comes through so many different things. And um just find those people that you can trust that can hold you. And if you don't have anyone, you it's possible to find them. So seek them out. Find people that know what you're going through and can love you. Mindy came from an incredible family. She didn't have childhood trauma. There were some rebellious years she had in her in her teenage years that I, I actually think trauma could have... I mean, some of that might have had something to do with something. But um, it wasn't the way she was raised. And my dad still carries the guilt around that somehow this is his fault. I spoke at her funeral and I just flat out said, no regrets. We all could look back and think, you know, what could we have done differently? What more could we have said? We couldn't. I talked to my mom on the way here and she's like, yeah, I wish, I wish, I wish. And I'm like, we can't, we can't. She, Mindy did the best she knew how and we did the best we knew how. And this is... This is all an experience. Kim, thank you so much for coming and sharing and being brave and giving a voice to your sister's story and sharing that with us. It means so much to have had you here tonight, and we really appreciate you. You're welcome. Thank you for giving me the space to share because I think this always needs to be talked about. It needs to be heard. Thank you for listening to the Rising Phoenix podcast. If you feel like you can relate and would be open to share your story with us, please email us at risingphoenixpodcast at gmail.com. For more information on local and national resources for pregnancy and postpartum health, visit www.postpartum.net or www.psiutah.org. We are recording from the Stone Sheba Podcast Studio in Provo, Utah. Check them out on Instagram for more info on our podcast and others. Thanks for listening.